This week on a brand new mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer, we're discussing our favorite fictional doctors! Hello and welcome to a healthy mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. I am Dr. Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. And this week, hot off the heels of last week's sensational epic, where we discussed The Road to Wellville, <laughs> this week we're discussing our favorite fictional doctors. You know doctors, they're them guys. What doc? Yeah. That's true. Uh, sometimes they know what's up. Yeah, that's sometimes. true. Sometimes. 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 Frequently they're just distracted. What, uh... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm conflating uh, What's Up, Doc, the movie, with that other movie where they've got the, the like, weird cartoon rabbit imaginary friend. Harvey? Harvey. Harvey. There we I go. I thought you were conflating it with the Shaq Fushnikin song, Can We Rock? What's Up, Doc? <laughs> oh, you know what? That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, the, the schnicky booble bobble song. Fushnikins. Okay. Fushnikins, man. All right. You know the guy. I do. There's a group. Yeah. <laughs> Name another one of their songs. Uh, they did another song with Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> called I Think I Got Skills. I think that's them. <clears throat> that's the one where he goes, yeah. do you want me to shoot it? No. <laughs> do you want me to pass it? No. <laughs> do you want me to slam? <laughs> what I like to think is that he stopped the game to ask those questions. <laughs> yeah, well, he did. He just held the ball directly over his head and nobody could get to it. True. Yeah, back then they didn't have a three in the paint, so you could just hang out there all day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure back in the 70s, Wilt Chamberlain just had a cot put in under the basket. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so this week we're discussing our favorite fictional doctors. Uh, the, 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 the people who heal and do uh, the essential workers uh, of the medical industry. Uh, we'll go around the horn. Patrick, who's your favorite fictional doctor? I am going for Sean Connery from The Medicine Man. A, we get to learn about the importance of the rainforest. Sure. B, we get to learn about the importance of tribal peoples. And C, we get to learn about the importance of a fucking ponytail on Sean Connery. That shit is golden. That's true, because he is balding on the top, hippie in the back. Oh, yeah, yeah. buddy. And, and he's, he's making cancer drugs out of ants. And he spends the whole movie, like, in his weird, like, Ewok tree village swinging yeah. from, like, by, by vine. Right, until the villains from Captain Planet show up and start bulldozing <laughs> the rainforest. I do really am irritated a lot by that movie. Not from the movie itself, but I bet that uh, if you could do some kind of, like, Sociological research, I bet that this is provable that those annoying little shitheads in high schools and colleges, they're like, yeah, man, you know, the government already has a cure for cancer. It's this magic plant that's in South America, but they don't want a cure. They want a treatment because it gets you more money. <laughs> I bet that comes directly from watching The Medicine Man. <laughs> I, I assume it's a combination of Medicine Man and also the movie Lorenzo's Oil. <laughs> the movie where Susan Sarandon and Nick Nolte and Nick Nolte's world's worst Italian accent <laughs> solve like 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 muscular dystrophy or whatever with olive oil I yeah. would I would so love if there was a sequel to that movie written by someone who never saw the first movie where they've got a character named Lorenzo 
hooked up to that Lawnmower Man 2 <laughs> with just like IVs coming out of him of just like, we need to protect Lorenzo for his life-giving oil. Yeah. Meanwhile, Nick Nolte is just standing there just be like, this is my son! He's a Lorenzo! We need to give him the oil! That is not an exaggeration. He spends the entire movie talking like that. Uh. It's bizarre. Golden. Well, he does have that like fucking mammoth-esque breakdown at the end of uh, the first Hulk movie. You wanna see me go? You watch me go! And then he eats an electrical wire that gives him the power to be a cloud. That's right. Well, it gives him the power of fight metaphor. Uh, I always forget in that movie there are like fucking Hulk dogs and they look like that scene in the mask where the dog puts on the mask. mask. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they look so goofy and they got big tongues that just flop out of their stupid Yeah, well, faces. one of them's like a bulldog, one of them's a Doberman or a, uh, a Pitbull, and one of them is a like a French poodle yeah. that has been shaved in the traditional <laughs> French poodle way. So there's this evil Hulk poodle with like this big dumb like hair bulb on its asshole. Yeah. God, it is. And when Hulk punches them hard enough, <laughs> they explode into green mist. Yeah. <laughs> God, that movie. And like the Hulk himself looks so gooey. Well, he's not it, like it, not like bad CG, but like it, it looks like his skin is just full of flubber. He looks yeah. like he's made out of green Jolly Rancher. Yeah. yeah. Like scent or like a green Laffy Taffy or something like that. It's so fucking it's weird. Yes. Yeah. The only thing that movie gets right is that when the Hulk gets shot or gets madder, he gets bigger, and yeah. I appreciate that. So by the end of the movie, the Hulk's like 20 feet tall yeah. and just like punching shit. But then when you get to like the big final confrontation, it literally is four pictures and clouds. Yeah, they got Alex Ross to come in, and he's yeah. just like, oh, what am I doing? Doing some like concept art for the opening credits, like in Spider-Man 2? No. Final fight scene. Oh, like storyboards for the final fight scene. No. The final fight scene. <laughs> and then what happens is the Hulk gives him his powers in a lake. He turns into a giant mushroom goo cloud, explodes, and then the next time you see him, he's in Brazil, and he, in Portuguese, says, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. And what's <laughs> fucking wild is that the in-Marvel Universe continuity, the Incredible Hulk, starts with Bruce Banner in Brazil. It is heavily implied that it is a continuation of that. Yes! <laughs> that is bananas. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Good stuff. So Medicine Man. <laughs> yeah, Medicine Man. That's my favorite doc. <laughs> what do you know? Do you remember the doctor's name? No, folks, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Well, you know, like, I guess, he has a very old English family name, Arthur Von Medicine Man. Yeah. You're right, I'm sorry. Ooh, of the Sheffield Medicine Man? <laughs> yeah. Correct. A Von is his middle name, by the way. No, it's, no. it's V-A-U-G-H. <laughs> yeah. The Shropshire Medicine Man. Uh, I believe it's Medicine, Medicine Mins. Medicine Mins. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're very right. <laughs> nice. John, favorite fictional doctor... So I'm going to drop some education on you, Uh fellas. Uh Uh-oh. This is going to not make sense, but I'll explain. Dr. Aphra, who is a uh, current in-canon Star Wars character. Not Dr. Evans, who I'm sure we all remember from the canteen. Dr. Evazon? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Dr. Here's Afra, the, the death sentence in 12 I've systems. I've got the death sentence in 12 systems. Oh, be careful. You'll be dead. <laughs> what I love <laughs> is you can find footage of pre-dubbed, and it's just, Oh, the death sentence in 12 <laughs> systems. You will be dead. He what sounds is, like one of the Gumbies from Monty Python. Yeah. What is? Why does Star Wars exclusively hire people from the London sewers? <laughs> because they were fighting. They were uh, filming. I'm sorry. They were filming in Elstree Studios in England, and they were just like, "Shit, we are way over budget, <laughs> and we haven't shot anything yet." That's why uh, Peter Mayhew was just a hospital orderly that they got to play. <laughs> uh, fucking Chewbacca. Uh, David Prowse was just a tall dude. Who's yeah. a bodybuilder, yeah. It was, yeah, the, the casting for that, especially that first movie, is just like, I don't know, we found some fucking scumbags hanging out <laughs> in a bar in the East Bay. They said they're available for a day of filming. Great, they're the Rebel Commanders. Yeah. Go! I love the footage of Darth, like, pre-dubbed Darth oh, Vader. Oh, David Prowse Vader. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and, and a traitor. traitor. Take her away! Yeah, he's just such like a... This is so great! It's an excellent Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Dr. Aphra, speaking of Darth Vader, is a character now, not Dr. Acula, the character from Scrubs. Correct. Okay, just making sure. Wait, which one was Dr. Acula? That was the novel that J.D. wrote. Uh, oh, or It was about it. the... Or screenplay about the doctor who was a Dracula. Yeah. Dr. Acula. You may have recognized this from a Mitch Hedberg joke from the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, we all know there's only seven stories, and so therefore there's only seven jokes. Correct. And Dr. Acula is one of them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's a 30-year cycle. Uh, but Dr. Doctor Aphra started in the Darth Vader Marvel canon comics uh, as this basically Indiana Jones but for Star Wars. Uh, she is obsessed with specifically like Sith artifacts and dark side like ruins, and she is also very much in that like just bumming from bar to bar, picking up any dirty job she can just to survive kind of a character, and it is fucking great. Uh, she's got her own spin-off series that takes place between uh, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and also a series that takes place between uh, Revenge of the Sith and New Hope. Uh, and it's great. It's just her bombing around the universe with Triple Zero, who is a murderous C-3PO. Nice. nice. Uh... Black Karzang, which is murderous Chewie. Nice. And then just a murderous R2-D2 unit. It is real fucking cool. When are we going to get a Dr. Afro TV show and or movie? That's what I keep fucking saying. I mean, like, season two of Mandalorian is going to be Oops All Clone Wars characters. That's true. So, like, maybe throw a Dr. Afro into that. That's true, yeah. Uh, All right, Dr. Afro, I like that. Yeah, Um, it's a solid two. It's it's also, uh, her solo stuff is a great, like, jumping on point to get into Star Wars comics because it is so, like, disconnected from all the other continuity that's going on. It is just, like her having these self-contained archaeology adventures. Nice. Uh, great. Mark, favorite fictional doctor. Uh, mine's not a doctor of medicine. Mine is also a doctor of archaeology. Dr. Dr. Dre? 
Henry Jones Jr. <laughs> Indiana Jones, baby! We call the dog Indiana. That's right, and he loved that dog. And now he takes that name to shoot Nazis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, he's Indiana Jones, right? Yeah. He's cool. He stows away on submarines. He finds Holy Grails. He doesn't get his face melted by Ooh. the Great Arc. He Stickler wins for drinking competitions. Stickler for uh, transportation tickets. That's right. Sleeps with his students and uh, also Ugh. also goes on a super uh, racist journey to India where Ugh. he's not super racist. He's very accepting of all their their customs and everything. It's just unfortunately the movie is like, look at all these wacky customs. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's yeah. I, you, it will not surprise you to know that both George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were going through a divorce and a terrible breakup, right? During the course of making Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. and well, chose I to mean, take out all of their uh, fury on poor Kate Capshaw, who went on to marry Steven Spielberg. Jeez. Yeah, that cannot be a healthy relationship. Right. Oh boy, yikes. But Dr. But, but Dr. Henry yeah, Jones Jr., yeah. he's got a whip. He's got a whip, he's got a gun, and he also does the work. We see him teaching classes, we see him brushing we things We see him off. taking exactly one class. That's not true. He teaches a class in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then he teaches a class in The Last Crusade, and he teaches a class in uh, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That Kingdom just means he was ahead of his time. He just has adjuncts doing all the teaching. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, a, it's a bunch of TAs that are actually grading right. all the yeah, papers. Because in, in Last Crusade, like he finishes his class. He goes, X never ever marks the spot. And then he goes to his office, and there's 400 kids there who are like, you've been missing for months. Grade my paper. <laughs> and he says, I'll speak to every one of you in turn. Then he goes into his office, which is a closet that's filled with trash, <laughs> and he promptly puts on his hat, escapes out a window, yep. and he never goes back to school again. I like to think it's kind of like... Uh, Dean of the archaeology department. That's right. <laughs> I, I like to think that it's it's like um, the main character from the TV show Community, where he has just a fake degree, <laughs> and he just doesn't want to get caught yet. Yeah. He's like, just like, like Doctor, Like what? Like Dr. Chang? No, uh, the main character from Community, whose oh, name fucking escapes me. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, his law degree Joel is... Joel McHale's there we go. Jeff. Jeff. Jeff Winger. Jeff Winger, there we go. Oh, because Dr. Chang, it turns out, doesn't have an actual... Doesn't, doesn't his thing... Chang doesn't... is uh, just like a weirdo guy, and yet it turns out that he cannot... He's the Spanish teacher who cannot speak a word of Spanish. Yeah. So he gets found out for that and then becomes uh, a security guard who then rises to authoritarian yeah. power nice. in the best season of that show, season three. Season three fucking rules. So good. Uh, also, probably a very good idea to just sort of take away that one blackface episode for a little bit. Which like, they did. Dark yeah. Elf, John. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But like, now's not the time for that. It'll be back on Hulu, don't worry. Sure. Just, uh, maybe not right now. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we can have Aunt Jemima in that episode back as soon as Joe Biden's president. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot him in the leg, Jack! <laughs> I, love, I love that that's your catchphrase for Joe Biden. Hell like yeah! It's fucking golden. Shoot him in the leg, Jack! <laughs> President Biden, uh, we're having economic tensions with China. Uh, don't bomb them. Do we have any kind of weapon that just makes them slow down for a while? <laughs> President Biden, are you just are you employing me to 
to shoot them in the leg? <laughs> shoot them in the leg, Jack! <laughs> I'd like to think that he says that everywhere he goes. Right. Like, he goes to the grocery store. <laughs> He's buying one of those, like, pre-made rotisserie chickens. They're like, would that be cash or card? Shoot him in the leg, Jack! <laughs> Ooh, you okay? a discount code for Netflix. Shoot him in the leg, Jack! <laughs> Are you okay, Mr. Biden? Very clearly not. <laughs> Very clearly having some cognitive problems. Right. There's an obvious answer to that question. I fucking love the YouTube, uh, like, pre-commercial. Uh, Hi, I'm Joe Biden. Hi. I'm Joe Biden. I need for you a favor for me. <laughs> And the so subtitles. The subtitles that are just like, um. As <laughs> I am Joe Biden. Woo! California Wines! <laughs> it's me, Joe Biden, looking at Aunt June's farm where every July peas grow there. Boy, uh. Joe Biden are. Best chance? <laughs> if that's oh. what hope looks like, what a fucking year, man. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Oh. You know what? At least he wears a mask. <laughs> I'll give him that. I mean, that's the thing. Oh, God, the bar is so low. Yeah. Don't be a literal Nazi. Yeah. Can you clear that hurdle? Oh, a bunch of you can't? Oops. Be mildly interested in the problems your country faces. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, I will say, shoot him in the leg, Jack, is a lot better than, hey, can we just send the military in? <laughs> well, have you seen the new Trump 2020 logo? Yeah. That is straight up <laughs> the Nazi eagle? Yeah, it's just with an American flag instead of the swastika. <sighs> Uh, I feel like somebody's trolling them. <laughs> but it's on the official Trump I website. <laughs> Let us remind I you, know. Stephen Miller is a high-ranking cabinet member in yes. the Trump administration. <laughs> I'd like to shoot him in the leg, Jack. Yes. <laughs> shoot him in all his legs. Uh, it's bad news when your ideological coherence left with Steve Bannon. <laughs> Oof. Oh, no! Hey, man, if there was a thread Oof. holding this together... Oh, man, when I was watching the Spaceship Earth documentary on Hulu about the uh, the weird fucking uh, uh, the biosphere people... Yeah. And, like, it ended. They're like, the biosphere ended. The thing is done. What are we going to do now? Enter Steve Bannon. <laughs> and Steve Bannon came to, like, fund the continued existence of biosphere. What? And I was like... No! Yeah. Get that crusty piece of scab out of here! Hey, you know what's gonna ruin all your days? Steve Bannon owns a piece of the Seinfeld TV show. I know. Oh, no kidding, does yeah. he? How did he get a piece of it? I Money, it turns out. <laughs> I think he had a stake in Castle Rock, like uh, the production yeah, company, production maybe? Company. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. he had nothing to do with it creatively. He just, like, not. through back channels, somehow has, like, one point or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Nuts. Hey! Honorable mention doctors! <laughs> uh, my honorable mention uh, fictional doctor is going to be The Doctor from Star Trek Voyager, a show that I just finished. Um, and one Boy, of the that show... last episode. Boy, that last episode. <laughs> hey, man, it made perfect sense. 
future Janeway stole a bunch of stuff and acted completely out of character to browbeat past Janeway and do a plan for future Janeway to kill herself. Uh, yep. To save them from the Borg Queen, who's played by First Contact Borg Queen, and not the lady who played Borg Queen in four earlier episodes of Voyager, <laughs> who was yep. actually the lady who played Oliver Queen's mother on the TV show Arrow. So many weird things. Yeah, it's yeah. not a great Star Trek show. There are some good episodes, but Robert Picardo as the Doctor Very is such good. an awesome character. Nice. And Robert Picardo should have all the Oscars just for wearing the wig he wears in Gremlins 2, the new badge, <laughs> and for having sex with Lady Gremlin. <laughs> so for that, the Doctor is my honorable mention. I do love the episode where they, they project the Doctor back into the data stream to Earth so that the inventor of the Doctor can meet this program and he's just like buddy you're all of you holograms are literally just scrubbing decks in space right now you're actual you're actual coal miners now yeah, yeah they send him there because he's dying the dr louis zimmerman is dying and they ship him through with reg barkley to jupiter's moon so he can fix the doctor and the doctor's like i don't want you to fix me because you're bad at medicine he's like well i wouldn't be bad at medicine if you didn't design me to be bad at medicine now i'm gonna sing some opera you can't sing opera watch me Good lord. (laughs) And then he also gets an episode where he's put on trial to determine if he's human. Nice. Everybody always. Turns out he is not human. Oh, good. They very much are just like, you're not human. You have no rights. But you are an artist. So the book you wrote, I guess, you can fix. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Patrick. I'm going to go Brent Spiner's character from Independence Day. Hell yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wacky hippie scientist. Yeah, fuck yeah, crazy fucking hair, weird, awkward jokes, and he gets strangled and spoken through. That's true. Man. By big dick tentacles. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Which goes to the, my personal favorite line of the movie, is this glass bulletproof? No, sir. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> and then Adam Gamergate Baldwin oh. shoots his way through the glass. Uh, <laughs> last night in a text thread with some friends of mine in the show, we were doing, we were talking about uh, like sci-fi. So we were talking about the, the Netflix show Dark. Uh, this like German uh, time travel like mind fuck show. John, you'd love it. It's like a weird David Lynch fever dream. Uh, I think I've got enough of that just subscribing to the David Lynch YouTube channel. <laughs> sure, but it also mixes with like like German like brutalist like sadness. Nice. Uh, it's very very good. We were talking about that on like sci-fi, uh, and someone asked for recommendations. Someone mentioned Firefly. And I was just like, I don't know watch if out I for that Adam Baldwin. Like, I don't know if I can watch Firefly. Like, a, uh, yeah, uh, Adam Baldwin and his fucking horseshit like Gamergate Trumpy bullshit. Also, and, Joss Whedon and is also, a giant asshole. And like Joss Whedon, it just like keeps like getting worse. Like now, Ray Fisher called him out for like being shitty on the set of Justice League. Yeah. unsurprising. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like I can. It, this is going to be the difference between manslaughter and murder. This is not to like defend the honor of Joss Whedon being a shithead on the set of Justice League. But I can see under those circumstances of like, shit, this is the most amount of money we have ever spent on a movie and it's an utter failure. And the other director, we have shit canned. Uh, Joss Whedon, come in here, fix it, make it amazing and perfect. And also no new money. You have zero budget and have to listen to all of our studio notes. So, like, yeah, 
It's unacceptable for him to be a piece of shit on that set. I really hope that the specific allegations come out. I really hope that it can be determined if this is like a pattern of him being a piece of shit on set and not just, well, I pressured young actresses to sleep with me in the 90s and then I was grumpy on a set for this that was unacceptable. You know, like, it, it determines on to what degree he is canceled. Sure. Like, I can see a situation where it's just like, if you apologize for just like, being a yelly, screamy piece of shit on this set. Yeah, like, yeah. I can see him coming out from that. Yeah. If but it, it's real fucking tenuous. Yeah. Yeah. It's all that <laughs> other stuff he did is going to be the problem. Right. right. Being and a shithead on the set is just like a cherry on top situation. Yeah. Like, yeah. That wouldn't be a big deal if he didn't have all of those other allegations. Right. I mean, there's a reason why he hasn't had anything happen in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he's got a show at HBO that's supposed to come out eventually. I mean, we'll see when we're allowed to have TV shows again. Yeah. What are you talking about? HBO's got the brand new Perry Mason running right now. <laughs> it takes yeah. place in World War One. Because Perry Mason. It doesn't make any sense, though. Perry Mason was in the 50s. Yeah, but it's like just after World War One now. He's a World <laughs> War One veteran. All right. And he's like 30. Nope. And he's just like, I'm Perry Mason. I'm a hard-boiled detective, I think. <laughs> I haven't watched it. I'm not it. quite sure what my deal is, but tune in to HBO Max. Look, all I know is that the opening credits of the show are not set to an old 40s-style jazz version of Ozzy Osbourne's Perry Mason. Yeah, and, that alone, and that alone is a huge sin in my I'm eyes. I'm just hoping in like 15, 20 years we get the Patton Oswalt reboot of Matlock. Ooh, Ooh, I'm right. down for that. It'd be pretty, pretty yeah. grand. Patton Oswalt being cheeky, yeah, <laughs> just like an old, like an old cheeky man. Yeah, yeah. boy, I any of y'all see that uh, I'll be gone in the dark documentary? Ooh, I watched. I don't the first... know if I'm emotionally prepared for any oh, of that. Shit. Is that so, gonna be about his wife? Because I probably can't. It's that. about his wife. It's about basically yeah. her writing the book <laughs> that she was working on when she passed away. So the first episode is mostly just about her. Like getting ramped up, and it's more in like her finding out about the Golden State Killer and like starting to like get into true crime and stuff. Yeah. But it's a multiple part documentary, and yeah, I can already tell when it gets to like the end, it's gonna be just like double rough because yeah. a it's about a guy who committed who went from burglaries to rapes to murders, uh, and then went uncaught for like thirty years because he yeah. was a fucking cop. Just for part of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Just long enough to learn how to not get caught. Yeah, for the rest of it, he was like a truck driver and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, and then the other part is that obviously her very tragic passing. So dealing with like the ickiness of like true crime and like the ickiness of uh, this poor woman like accidentally overdosing and leaving and, like, a husband and child. I was gonna say we're probably gonna see Patton Oswald cry. Oh, oh for man. sure. I mean, there's uh, the first scene of the show. The first time. Yeah, there's yeah. A, the first scene of the show is him signing copies of her book, just like in an like in a basement, just yeah. like grabbing them, and it's like clearly like now ish, and he's just like talking about writing the forward to it and like he's getting choked up yeah uh but then there's also like that first episode like you got a lot of like home movie footage of her and then there's like old footage of his stand-up like around the time they started dating and oh, stuff like nice. that where she's like in his act and like he's talking about falling in love it's 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 a it was really really good but like i just know what it's leading yeah. to yes yeah. absolute ooh. heartbreak yeah <laughs> yeah the titanic is gonna hit that iceberg yeah, right. yeah. 
heart-shattering um, devastation. Unless, unless you checked the credits, and this Titanic is directed by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> in which case, the, the Titanic, the Titanic pulls out machine guns, <laughs> right? Just, just blows the <laughs> fucking not today, iceberg. <laughs> the iceberg spurt blood all over the place, <laughs> and the Titanic just like dives deep underwater, <laughs> and then just like it, like then the Lusitania and the <laughs> other giant ships of its day team up <laughs> and just take over Atlantis or something? God damn it, if this is not Tarantino's tenth and final film, I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> the revenge of the Titanic. It just grows legs and turns into like a fucking mech or something yeah, like right. that. Stomping around. It like gets to New York and just like <laughs> kicks over the Empire State Building. It's like King Kong all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah I like it. Hell yeah. Yeah. And like I haven't soured uh, on Tarantino as a lot of other people have but like yeah a lot of his stuff is very stupid oh yeah it's always been incredibly juvenile yeah sometimes it's funny and good but it's always juvenile well and like that's his like thing, thing right yeah, yeah like he'll cop well, like, to that he, he is didn't... making the movies he wanted to make when he was 13 well like, he didn't start making movies that had like a point to them until Inglorious Bastards <laughs> that may well be you know like true. all of his movies before that were like isn't it neat that we can just make movies? <laughs> yeah, I would say I think I think uh, that's not a like judgment call on their quality at all. No, no, but, I, but like, I would say I think Jackie Brown is like the the actual turning point. That's his most grown up movie because that's for like sure. the movie that's like the most like tight like this is like a cool like like weird little heisty like fun movie. Yeah, but like the point of it is yeah, it's just like a fun heist movie with some like cool characters in it like. Inglorious Bastards is definitely like there are no good Nazis, right? Uh, which then he doubled down with uh, in Django Unchained of like you cannot be passive during slavery, right? And like that is just like Hateful Eight, a movie that I like more than a lot of people I know, but still don't like, which puts me in an awkward position of like, yeah. But also, this was not as bad as I think I found. You know, like, it puts me in a weird defensive. But, like, it's clearly about, like, demystifying and dismantling American iconography in the sure. post-Civil War. He just didn't need four and a half hours to do it. No, he Ooh. super didn't. And at some point, buddy, Jesus. you're just beating a woman. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, you're just recreating abuse. Yeah. And then, yeah, once upon a time in Hollywood. with it. Correct. That's the problem. Yeah, it's shot in a very... Like, you're supposed to kind of laugh at it, in yeah. a way. And it's just like, no. It was a lot easier to laugh at the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because it's the Manson gang. It's the gang. Manson family. Sure, yeah. yeah. And the violence, Well, and the violence is so over-the-top and cartoonish, and it leads up to Leonardo DiCaprio with a flamethrower. Flame yeah. Like, you know, just annihilating, you know, one of the Manson murderers. And I actually, I've, I've re-watched it for the first time since I saw it in theaters, and, like, the second time around, it moves so much faster. It's a really weird experience. Um, but, yeah, it, it's fun. Like, there's, there's so much, like, weird foreshadowing that I didn't even, like, pick up on the first time, because why would you? You don't know where it's going. Anyway, sure. yeah. that movie's actually pretty fucking good. Nice. I enjoyed it. So that's going to do it for this <laughs> not-quite-mini-sode, but not-quite-like-epic-sode. So we're, we're doing okay. Let's just cut this some sode. of the tangent out of this one and put it in the other <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, there we go. We'll bounce them out. We'll leave it out. Yeah.
Uh, so that'll do it. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Romley. Jonathan Rooney Taylor. And we'll see you next time. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney Taylor, and Mark Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from, and leave us a rating or a review. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.